Thank you, uh, choir, for leading us this morning. And uh, those who helped us in the choir, we appreciate you uh, today leading us in musical worship. God is pleased when we, his people, sing praises to his name. He likes to hear his worth, uh, his value. That's what worship is, the idea of attributing worth to God. And he is worthy today. We want to thank you for being here this morning. Last week, I began our year by talking about how the Lord, our good shepherd, renews our hearts, how he restores us. And we talked a little bit about the past year, 2020, and we, we looked at, you know, the experiences of the day, and we considered all that the world has faced, and we continue to face even now, that it was a good reminder to know that no matter what happens in the world around us, that God is still in control. He's there to renew us. He's there to strengthen us. He's there to bring us back to a place, bring us back center to a, to a healthy place of renewal in our hearts. It's the Spirit of God that does that in all of our lives. It is the Spirit that transforms us as well. You know, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, what we recognize is this, is that something supernaturally has taken place. That when you're born again, the Bible says, you are now a new creation. And, and over the course of time, being a new creation, the thing about it is this, is your surroundings, they, they're no different. The world around us, it's still the same. But our heart is changed. And there the challenge arises. There is the struggle. I talked last week about how the Apostle Paul understood that very well as he reminded the church that there were things in life that he knew he ought to do, but he didn't do them because there was a war going on in his flesh. And still today, we have this war going on in our own hearts and minds. We're challenged on every side. We are, um, our, our allegiance is, is questioned. It is today more than ever, we're, we're seeing so much go on in our world, and quite frankly, it's disturbing. You know, as a pastor of a local congregation, this past week was something that really saddened my heart. To, to see in our world a country so divided, so, so divided over political parties, so divided on who's right, who's wrong, who has the right to say this and who doesn't, who has the right to protest and who doesn't. We're, we're living in a world that today we understand that, that there's really not a, uh, you know, it's, it's either black or white or it's, uh, it's right or wrong. There's just, there's no room in this world for unity, it seems like. But I believe we still serve a God who calls us to unity. I, I still believe we serve a God and we worship him, our King of kings and Lord of lords, as a God who desires us to be at harmony with one another. That God calls us as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ to stand up for what is right, but also to do it in such a way that exhibits love and peace and harmony and in such a way that even when Peter stood up, when Jesus was arrested, what did he do? He took his knife and he cut the ear off, right? What did Jesus say? That's not the way we roll. That's not the way we work that's not the kingdom that I'm trying to establish. That's not the kingdom that I'm, I'm promoting in this world. The kingdom that I'm promoting is not a kingdom of this world, but it's a kingdom of another world. And that's the same kingdom that you and I 
are a part of as born-again believers. Last week, I challenged us to be renewed in our spirit, but this morning, I want us to be refocused. Because I believe that just as age does a number on your eyes, and I look throughout our room, there are many of you who need assistance in that area. I can remember my parents telling me, and I remember this because I was old enough, but about six months into their 40th year of life, they both received their first eyeglasses. Now, we have Dr. Popham with us today who has seen many, many of you and maybe give, issued your first pair, but there's this thing that happens with your eyes where the things you once saw clearly now begin to look a bit fuzzy. Where the things that you were able to see out from a distance or maybe that golf ball that you used to be able to just spot down there on the green. Now you're, you can't see it. You just hit and pray, right? And so what happens is you have to correct it. You have to bring your eyes back into focus. And I believe with all that's going on in our world today, all that we have seen and we've witnessed that's taken place around our country, and this week uh, at the Capitol has, I believe, was a crescendo of a lot that has been going into our world and and a lot that has, has been said and a lot has been done that I believe the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to refocus our eyes once again on the reason why we exist as a church. We need to be refocused on the very mission that God has left for us. We need to be refocused on the, the challenges that lie ahead. But see, because I recognize that what's going on throughout our world in the last week and the months leading up to the election and even after, that these are not, un, these are not things that are out of what we've read in Scripture. The way things will become and the, the world that we know today is not the, the perfect Mayberry that we want it to be, but it's a world that has problems. And I want to go ahead and submit to you this morning something that you may not have heard me say before, but, but this world is not facing a problem of a political party or a system of government. But what this world suffers from is what we call a sin problem. It's a sin problem. It's a problem that happened all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 when the man and the woman disobeyed God. And sin entered the world and we now live in that fallen world where true peace and true harmony is not found apart from Jesus Christ. Where sickness is, exists, where challenges arise, where what we hope for in life doesn't always become reality. And so there we are as a church faced with a crisis. Faced with what I believe is a problem with our vision. Because sadly, this past week, what I saw was a, what I like to say, a, it's just not right. It's not congruent. It, it doesn't fit. It's kind of an oxymoron when a person holding a flag of Jesus in Jesus' name, but then blursing, bla cursing at the same time. Or in the name of Jesus, someone stands up for a cause, but then is cursing and they're yelling and they're angry and they're doesn't fit with the system that I believe that Jesus Christ wanted, the kingdom that Jesus came to establish. It's different. 
And so I believe the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to refocus on the mission that God has left for us. This past year, even in the midst of uncertainty, even considering who the church, who First Baptist is in 2021, because I've said it, there are are many people who attended our church prior to COVID-19 that will never return again. Some of these are because, well, quite frankly, they've experienced some health problems. We've actually had members pass away that will never live and worship with us again post-COVID-19. There are others who have, because of maybe fear or maybe just uncertainty, have chosen just not to come back. There are some who have maybe gotten to a point in their life where, you know what, it's, it's good to have Sunday mornings off. My weekend now is given back to me. I can go to the lake. Now, you may not want to be at the lake this morning, but you can go to the lake. You can have an extra night away. You can get another day of rest before Monday begins. Quite frankly, there are many who spiritual apathy has set in. This ease of and this lack of commitment to corporate worship is that they will never return again unless... They are encouraged, invited, nudged, or quite frankly, the Spirit of God get a hold of their hearts and tell them they need to be in corporate worship. Forsaking the assembling is a problem that exists not just in our church, but exists in the church in America. If you go around the world today, and I was talking about this with Heather this past week, just seeing freedoms eroded, these things that we took for granted about free speech and gathering, all these things that we just assume because we live in America are permanent, but they're not, right? We were just having just a conversation about what if we're not able to come to church one day, and this is my comment. For years and years and years, the church in China has met with the threat of life, the threat of imprisonment, the threat of losing their limbs and their families, but they've met because King Jesus is worth it, right? And I'm here today to tell you that the kingdom that we're promoting is not a kingdom that will be overturned by an election, will not be deterred by who's in the office of the White House, the Oval Office of the White House, it won't be overturned on what type of media we watch, if there's a television program that we watch. It's not going to be based upon any of those things, but the kingdom that we, we live for and we are a part of and we're promoting and we are trying to change the world with is a kingdom that during the Christmas season, we were reminded time and time and time again, is a kingdom that will never, ever, ever fail to exist. It is a kingdom that will last forever because it is built on Jesus Christ. I believe Hebrews chapter 12, a very familiar verse that I have used here and preached here in this pulpit and in reference on several occasions because I believe it is where we're at as a church this new year as we think about refocusing on the mission that God has called us to. And the first thing I want you to think about is this, if you're taking notes, it's just a thought, is we need to begin limiting our distractions as a church. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 12 for just a moment. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded 
by a large cloud of witnesses. Those are saints believed to be those who have gone before us. Figuratively speaking, those who have paid the price, who have put their hands to the plow to uh, live the faith and to live the Christian life and to serve faithfully the, the God of the universe. And they've gone on now before us. The author of Hebrews says, since we are surrounded by those who watch us, let us lay aside every hindrance, every sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. I want to tell you that we in the church, even here in America, we are distracted to no ends. We are distracted by all sorts of things in life. We are so consumed. We are so caught up in things that are temporal when we ought to be caught up in those things which are eternal and last forever. What do I mean there? What am I talking about? I have Christians today, believers, maybe in this church, who walk around with so much uncertainty and fear and unknown and get so caught up in what's been going on in the world. And it's okay to be in the know. It's okay to be concerned. It's okay to be aware. It's not that we just go put our heads under a rock somewhere and just live naive lives. We need to be aware of the world because then we're able to better navigate the world with the gospel. But there are so many today who, is, who are distracted at, at so many things. They're so distracted. What if and what's going on and how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect my country? How is this going to affect my freedoms? How is this going to affect... And can I just tell you, those things are temporary. But where we at the church ought to be concerned is this, is that now more than ever, as we see all the events that's going on in our world today, that it ought to drive home for every one of us the need for you and I to speak into people's lives the most important message that they can ever hear, and that is the message that Jesus saves. More and more today, when we look around the world at all that's going on, we need to continue to run the race that lies before us. We need to stop getting so caught up in all that's going on. We need to stop laying awake at night worrying about things that were not even promised. And quite frankly, there are Christians today who are really disappointed you may be disappointed, and I'll tell you why. You're disappointed because you thought, and I even sometimes think, that just because my person or my party or my vote is going to come and change my life in such a way. When we do that, and when we place our faith and trust in a person that is on this earth, more than God, then we live our lives and we will experience so much disappointment because people will let you down. I will let you down. The world and its system will let you down. But God will always uphold you. We need to limit the distractions that are around us and all that is 
transpiring in our world and quite frankly what we need to understand and really need to check is this we need to check our heart what does that mean we need to check our heart and ask the question what do we truly love do we love the security that is offered by this world or or do we love the security that is found in Jesus Christ You know, I'm so thankful that I didn't live during the Depression. I'd have been a much better farmer, I know, if I would have. I'd probably appreciate things a whole lot more. But God chose every one of us, most of us, to live in a different time. Your parents grew up in times different than we're living today. Faced with challenge, but we're still faced with challenge, but challenges that are different. But I will say this, is that some people in the world today, they look at their circumstances and they look at what the world can offer and they look at the system of government or they look at their freedoms even. And at the end of the day, this past week, as it has really shown me, there's a lot of people that love our nation more than they love God. They love the flag more than they love the, their God. Now that doesn't take away from the fact that I love every man and woman who has served our country faithfully. That doesn't take away from the fact that I love those who serve and preserve our freedoms. But when it comes to the point where I am so enraged over the fact that I won or lost an election, that I will do things so out there waving a flag that says Jesus on it it doesn't make sense it shows me one thing is this is that people's hearts are conflicted it shows me that people today are conflicted in their heart of hearts and, and really what it boils down to is are you truly placing your allegiance in God our creator or are you placing your allegiance in the United States of America? You can do both, but they are not the same. You can pledge to the flag and to our country, but they are not in comparison. That's a struggle. And for some, even this morning, say, Pastor, I don't know how you can say that. Well, I can say this because I read the Bible. And nowhere in Scripture does the Bible say that in the end, the United States of America will prevail. It doesn't. But what it does say is that the kingdom of God will prevail and his kingdom will prevail. Be in charge forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. See, 1 John talks about our love. 1 John 1, 2, beginning in verse 15, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. Because if anyone loves the world, and these are the things in the world, then it says here something I have scratched my head time and time again, really questioning. If you love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. Convicting, right? What is this teaching us? What it's teaching us is this. You cannot compartmentalize your heart when it comes to your love for God. You've got to love him one 
utmost number one in your life, the highest of priorities. Because if you love anything else more than him, you are going to be sorely disappointed in life. You see, that's where we're faced with in this country. Our love for the world and the things in this world should not take center stage in our lives. That's why I believe we live in a time right now where people have drifted from, their relationships seem stagnant from the Lord. They feel like God's not listening to their prayers. They feel like the world is going to hell in a handbasket, in which it really is. They feel like there's just no taking control again. And I'm just here to tell you, all we need to do is just refocus back on him. And how do we do that? We limit our distractions. And then secondly, we focus on Jesus. We focus on Jesus. Psalm 121, it is a psalm of ascent. It tells us that I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. We need to focus on Jesus. Back in Hebrews 12, it tells us, let us run the race with endurance. It's lying ahead for every one of us. It is a mission that we have called as a church. We've been called as a church to lead people to what? Embrace Jesus Christ. Grow in his word. And we're going to lead people to take that message and go out and change the world with it. That's our mission. That's what God has called us to at First Baptist Church. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it by what? Focusing on Jesus. It says in verse 2, Hebrews 12, keeping your eyes, our eyes on Jesus, who is the founder or pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For it was his joy that lay before him. He endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he sat down at the right, of, right hand of the throne of God. That's the example. That's the example. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. When we're thirsty, go to the well of life to bring you, bring you nourishment. When you're hungry, come to the bread of life who will provide for you that you'll never hunger again. If you're worried, put your trust in Jesus. You know, at the end of a year like 2020, and even now, it's not starting much better, 2021, in the eyes of the world and maybe even in our own personal standards. I think about that Psalm 121, and I recognize that none of us ever got through 2020 or will ever get through 2021 without the help of the Lord. We're not. You're not going to accomplish what you intend to accomplish. Now, you can go a long way. You can work really hard. You can exhaust all your resources. And yes, in the world's eyes, probably be successful. But you will not be living up to your potential as a born-again believer. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as a Christ follower, I believe God has commanded us to live lives which are separate from this world. Separate. Meaning that, yes, you live in this world, but you are not of this world. And that is a way that we focus clearly. 
That's how we can look at things in the future and the challenges that are coming. And we can see them further down the road because we have spiritual discerning eyes. We have a heart that is constantly leaning into God and asking him, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me the ability to see those things that I need to see to protect me and my family. Maybe to protect my, my witness. To grow your church. To see lives changed through the power of the gospel. It comes as we lift our eyes toward the mountains and we see that as those Jewish people would year after year march toward Jerusalem and sing these songs, they recognized that the journey was tough. The challenges were great. But what kept their eyes lifted up is they knew that at the top of that hill is where their strength came from. And for you and for me, our strength comes from God. Lamentations chapter 3. Heather helped with this point in this verse today. Lamentations 3, at the midst of all that the world is going through, it says this. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I put my hope in him. Church, I want to challenge you today. As we are very early into 2021, I'm encouraging you to put your trust in Jesus Christ, to place your hope in him. Not on the economy, not on job security, not on a political party, not even a cause that you think is really worthy. All those things can be priorities for us, but they should and they must always fall under the sovereign hand of God. Amen. Do you know who gives you the strength today to do what you do? You ever wondered what wakes you up in the morning? For some of you, like me, it may be a sore back. It may be that you just can't stay there any longer. Or you're just used to getting up at 6 a.m. But do you know who truly gets you up in the morning? It's the power of God. That he can set the stars in order and place them right where they belong. That he can orchestrate the events of how the sun will just come up in the morning and how it will just sit perfectly in the evening. You know, this week we began reading the Bible again as a church and we were able to see that once again, the creation story and how beautiful it is. You know, the same God that said in the beginning is the same God that one day will say, it's finished. And then the church. And the church, that's those who are called by God, those who have trusted Jesus through faith for salvation, then the church will be taken up to live with God, to spend an eternity with him. There's going to be a lot to get to that point, but I'll tell you this. 
I think we're closer than we've been in a long time. Now, I know all my life, pastors, and my dad included, and me included, have said that the impending return of Jesus Christ is soon and very soon. I still echo that same thing. Because as I read the scriptures and I understand the scriptures more clearly, I know that as the world becomes more toward decay and heads down a path of more sinfulness and lawlessness, the more we as the church recognize is that Jesus, the need for Jesus in our country is that much more evident. People need Jesus Christ. They need to know him. He's their only hope and he's your only hope. And we need to stay focused on the cause that he has called us to. We need to stay focused and we don't need to be distracted by what's going on in the news right now. Yes, I'm disturbed by it. It makes my heart hurt knowing that some of the things we took for granted being able to say things, some things that we depend on. These things may be taken away one day. Free speech, censorship, all this stuff you've been hearing. But you know what cannot be taken away? They're not going to take the word from us. Even if, even if people try. You know the word ought to be? In our heart. Former president of the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary told a story one time, Chuck Kelly. He went on a mission trip to China, the People's Republic. He was a young seminary student. He prepared a wonderful message, an evangelistic message. He was going to be, he knew there was a lot of lost people there, but he knew there was also pastors, the churches were there representing and He'd prepared it. He'd written it down. And he enters into this room that was complete darkness. And he felt a nudge on his side and he says, it's your turn to preach. He couldn't read the Bible. He couldn't pull out his notes or his iPad or any of those things. But what was stored in his heart became his message. I just want you to maybe ponder for a moment. If the word was taken from you, how much would be stored in your heart? Would there be enough? Would there be enough to see you through life's most challenging days? Would you recall the scriptures of memory to be able to trust God through it all? Would you be able to recall the the fact that the Lord is my shepherd that I will not want? Would you be able to recall the fact that when I look up to the mountains that I know my help comes from the Lord? Would you be able to recall the fact that if someone asked or you saw someone in need that you would able, be able to share with them even in the most simplest terms that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that if you would believe in him, you would not perish but have eternal life. Now we take those things for granted, but that's the word of God. And the more that we have stored in our heart, the more clearly we will see what God has before us, the more clearly we'll be able to discern what lies ahead,
the more clearly we'll be able to know that no matter what we face in life, God will see us through. Church, are you ready? Are you willing? At all cost to be the church that God has called us to be. I hope and pray you are. I hope and pray you are because the world is challenging and it will continue to be challenging. It's not just going to disappear overnight. I'm not telling you to bear up arms. I'm not telling you to go buy all the ammo because you can't find it anyway. I'm not going to go tell you to do anything out of the ordinary, but what I'm telling you to do is this. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your heart in the Word, limiting exposure to, limiting distractions in your life. And you might say, well, Pastor, I've got all these things going on in my life. I just have to do all these things. You don't. You don't. You can say no, and maybe in 2021, maybe the year of you saying no. I can't. Well, I've always. It's expected. It'll make my parents proud, right? Young people, can I just tell you, you can fill your calendar more and more and more, and you can lose sight of who you serve. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't allow the world to cloud out or to fuzzy up your vision where your eyes ought to be focused on Christ. Don't allow the world to take that from you. If you're here this morning, I want to just encourage you. Take out your back pocket as your, maybe your granddaddy once did that maybe filthy handkerchief and maybe would take his glasses off and maybe just shine them a bit. Spiritually speaking, let's every one of us take that out and allow the Lord Jesus Christ to really clear those lenses up so that you and I can walk boldly into the future proclaiming Jesus Christ because that's the hope this world needs. That's truly the hope this world needs. It can't be found in anything else. And if you're placing your hope in anything other than Jesus today, then I know you're miserable. I know you are. And I want to invite you even now to say, Lord, I want to stop focusing on everything else and I want to take time this year to focus on you. And I want God you to do something in my life that you've never done before. I want you to use me in a way I've never been used before. I want to, Lord, give you this year, I want to give you the rest of my life and see what you have in store for me and my family. I promise you, if you commit your life to Jesus Christ, no, it's not going to be perfect, but I know what will be, your vision. Because you'll know where you're headed. You may not know always how you're going to get there, but you're going to know where you're headed. And for those who trust Christ, that is an eternity spent with him in a place that he has prepared for us, a place called heaven. And it is not of this world. This world cannot even compare to what is waiting you and me. Would you join me as we pray? Father, we love you. And we thank you for this day.
and the privilege to be able to be in your house and to sing praises to your name and to worship you and to open your word even now. God, I'm just thankful that even now that I can challenge the church, I can challenge my heart of hearts to, as the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, that we are to live worthy lives, lives that are worthy of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am here today to say, God, help us. God, restore us. God, refocus us to a place to where we truly see you and see your mission as our mission and see us, Lord, at a place to where we truly are living to the standard that you've set for us and that, God, lives will be changed, that lives will be impacted, that your name would be brought glory and that, God, your church would continue to grow and that, Lord, your church would offer hope and peace and encouragement. And even today, Lord, if there's one that doesn't know you, has never trusted you for salvation, that today, Lord, they would say, Lord, I need you, and I want a relationship with you, God, and I need you to come into my life and save me from my sin. God, would you save a life today? Would you transform a heart today? Would you do this today in the powerful name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen.